0: Welcome to Entrepreneurial Minds, a podcast where we will be talking to multiple entrepreneurs to understand their journey, a journey that will help other aspiring entrepreneurs and people who want to build their dream ideas. This is episode
1: 3 of Entrepreneurial Minds podcast. Hello everyone. After talking with a tech entrepreneur and leadership coach, now we have Sam with us who wants to share his views on customer acquisition. Sam is a serial entrepreneur, growth hacker, marketing strategist, and an author. He is an author of the book, The 30-Day Startup, and recently published a new book, Business in the Times of Corona. Sam played key roles like COO, director, head of growth, and helped companies launching new products building business and marketing strategies, and unconventional grow, uh, marketing for the growth of business and exit strategies as well. Sam has founded Productrun.com, Rhino, bo- Rhino blockchain companies. Productrun.com is his latest venture, where help which helps startups in rapid MVP development. Sam, like, welcome to Entrepreneurial Minds Podcast, and uh, thank you so much for your time. And uh, first of all, uh, me and Shias want to congratulate you for your on your new book, uh, and Thank uh, you. It, yeah, and we we want you to just uh, uh, give some insights about your book to our audience.
2: Yes, sure. So I'll just um, show you. This is the this is my latest book. It's just launched about a week week and a half ago. It's still in manufacturing and printing, and um, because of as you know, because of COVID nineteen or coronavirus, there's been lots of delays with all such things. So hopefully, um, it will be out of press in a in a week's time. Um, that's when I'm going to start doing press releases and all that. Um, basically, this book is called Business in the Time of Corona. Um, I wanted to write about my own experiences of going through lockdown, running um, two different companies at the same time, and, um, and just also seeing other businesses and other founders and other startups on how they were adapting to it. Um, this is not the first recession for me um, i've gone through the 2008 2009 recession or the or the gfc the global financial crisis and even during those time um, i learned a lot on going through that recession on on how businesses and startups can adapt and or pivot their tra- trajectory to increase their revenue and sales and you know continue to survive and thrive so this is this is what this book is about um, it's about surviving and thriving during times of disruption disruption such as coronavirus or or a big recession or a big depression and yeah and how you can pivot your career or pivot your startup or pivot your business so yep that's what this, this book is about
1: great uh, like uh, the title is uh, seems to so pretty interesting like business in the time of corona okay uh like is that like what's your thoughts like why, why is your name that book as it
2: a- yes it's um they they used to be a, a famous book um like a fiction this this is not fiction mine is non-fiction but there used to be a famous fiction book called love in time of Cholo- uh cholera or something like that so i thought i'd just play on the words and just do it <laughs> just make um make something up around around that topic um the subtitle gives a bit more detail about you know how to pivot your career or your startup um, to you know to succeed in times of disruption so um that gives more justice to to the book on what the book is really about right. so yeah
1: so uh, uh, so uh, like what what's the impact what do you see like what will be the impact of this pandemic on the businesses or the uh, or the startups on their current customer acquisition strategy or their current marketing plans, whatever they have? And how do you think the startup should adopt to it?
2: That is an excellent question. I'm sure quite a few of your listeners would benefit from it. Uh, one of the things I have seen is that whenever there is a downturn or there is a recession, the first thing people cut out is things that are good to have. So what I want your listeners to do is if they are providing a service or if they have a product or if they have a startup, I want them to ask themselves, are they a painkiller or are you a supplement? So, you know, a, a supplement is you take something like a multivitamin or or something just, just good to have, you know. Um, it's not, but if you've got if you're really, really sick and you're in lots and lots of pain, so you'll pay any amount of money to reduce that pain. So you want to be a painkiller, not a supplement. Because like a lot of supplements, you you take just for, just in case, you know, to, so so that is the first thing. So is your SaaS product or is your startup, are are you into a business of making a supplement that is just good to have Um, or, is it something that's needed so much that your other people's businesses cannot run without it? And that question would give give, I mean, a startup an idea of how successful they can be in the in these sort of times? Um, yeah, because you know when it's recession, and when everyone is tightening their belts, um, <clears throat> the first thing to to go, or the first thing to cut is non-essentials. So make sure that you are in the business of essentials when it comes even for tech startups.
1: So one thing is like no startup or the companies or they might have built what should be their marketing strategy or customer acquisition strategy for over one year or two years. Uh, But all of sudden everyone uh, was uh, disrupted uh, because of Corona.
2: Absolutely. So right. Now
1: it's a time uh, that every startup or company to look after their marketing strategy and plans and re- yes. uh, re-plan it or recreate it. So what's your influence uh, for the startup? So what are the things that they need to look while they're, they're actually recreating their marketing strategy or customer acquisition strategy? Yep. Um,
2: in, when it comes to marketing strategy and customer acquisition strategy. Um, over the last few years, I have been following and I have been seeing this trend and, and the number one thing I think um, any new startup should worry about is that do people love your product? You know, do people really use it? Do people really engage it? Because if you have got money from funding or, or from whatever source you have, you can always do some ads and get some initial user acquisition. Um, but if people are not really engaging with your product, if people are not really um, using your product and, and loving it, then they will also leave as easily as they came in. Um, <clears throat> so that that is the key things. And that is something called um, product-led marketing or product-led customer acquisition. So So that is the first thing I would ask startups to look at is that, you know, um, how are you currently acquiring your users? Um, are they coming because of word of mouth because everyone loves your product so much that they are dragging in other of other friends and family and everyone else or or recommending you to other companies um, it's something called as net promoter score as well um, or is it just because you are spending insane amounts of money on marketing and ads and and that sort of strategy won't do very well in times of recession um the other thing is um is that you should the advice i'm giving right now is that you should focus on retention rather than new acquisition because it is a lot cheaper to retain an existing customer than to go and find new acquisition and lastly, the third thing I want to say about this is that every time a recession hits, this is what I saw in in 2008, seven, eight as well. Um, in in all the sort of developed countries around the world, like all Western countries around the world, is that the cost of um, advertising dropped drastically. So the same Google Ads that was costing three dollars or five dollars or you know like maybe say a hundred rupees or something to per click. Went down to a tenth of that because no one wanted to spend money on advertising. That's the first thing companies cut, and that is that they think that oh, we'll cut up our trim our advertising budget for for next few months while things are a bit tight, things are a bit hard. So, so yeah, that that would be the 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 thing that I would recommend. And and that is to look at where the customer acquisition cost or cu- the cost to advertise has dropped um, dramatically because you might be able to pick up some really, really cheap advertising. And so you just will have to be really nimble and adapt or, or pivot your marketing strategy to suit this time. Right. And uh, if someone wants to measure,
0: like how you measure your... Uh... Uh, customer acquisition campaign success like what are the parameters that you use for measuring that success part
2: now this um you know this would depend on different um, industries different products, different niche so this is a answer that would vary um, drastically um but like a like a really easy rule of thumb is um. ROI should be greater than the customer's lifetime value. So, so you know, if if from a customer you are making um, in its lifetime, we are going to make um, thousand um, thousand rupees in profit, then your customer acquisition cost for um, for that client should be a lot less than that. So that's the that's the one key metrics that you can track very easily and and yeah you just need to follow one metrics like that just because you know when you log in even say if you log into google analytics or or any analytical Um, software there are so there is so much data there is so much stats that it gets really complicated and for our own brains to to focus so you have to decide what is your North Star metrics and that is the one key thing that you're going to follow so if that thing falls in line then Everything else doesn't really matter. So for some companies, it might be profitability. For some companies, it might be engagement. I think for Facebook early on, it was engagement that how much people are engaging with it. Um, Because, you know, that's fine if it's losing money as long as people are engaging with it. So that was, and it worked for them. That does not mean it will work for every industry. Every industry has a every industry, every product, every startup will have their own north star metrics. But if you just had to pick one, um, then then pick that that you know, <clears throat> yeah, that um, customer acquisition cost should be less than the customer's lifetime value. That's nice.
0: So when you mentioned about the engagement, right, I remember of the company called CRED, um, which recently launched in India. And yes. what basically they do is they will uh, allow you to pay the credit card bills through their app. And uh, they were actually giving the heavy discounts or the refunds. Uh, so you'll get the cashback of 5,000, 10,000 rupees on the 25,000 yes. bill. So uh, of course, the intention is basically to acquire uh, as many as uh, users many users as, as, as possible. Nice. So uh, in such cases, right, the aim of the company is to use this user base for any different different other services that they want to provide. So how the marketing strategy for this kind of businesses uh, changes compared to the one that is actually doing the sell of a product?
2: Yes, um, it's a, it is quite an interesting topic, because you know, there are some industries where you can be small and make a viable business. But there are some industries and some niches out there where it is you either go back or you go home because they don't work in a small, um, small user base. You need a critical mass for it to work. For example, um, have you used um, Uber or Ola cabs? Or I'm sure you guys would have used one of those sort of service. Um, you can see when you go to the map, you can see all the cars near you and cars or taxis or autos or, or anything near you. And then as soon as you call, um, you get something within next few minutes. Um, <clears throat> that sort of system works only when there is critical mass of a large number of drivers and a large number of user base because then the algorithm can work and match you with the nearest person but if say in a whole city of Bangalore if there were only um, two autos or two, or, like, or two taxis in there and and eight or nine people and one's calling from somewhere and other ones and then it has like a 45 minute wait and it's not going to work. So So some systems work only when there is critical mass and anything that relies on um, in like a very complex algorithm or, or a lots and lots of data or machine learning or AI or anything, a lot of these sort of services, they, they need huge number of users um, for them to be viable. And that's why the strategy is that first 10 years, you keep losing money it doesn't matter and after that we'll we'll sort it out we'll find a way to monetize it but it's just like this service if you are um, like cred, if they only have 20 users it it doesn't make sense you know the data is not valuable because the the chances of that data to have huge variations is really high it's not a typical representation but when you have 20 million users or, or, you know, like 20 crore users or something um, crazy globally, then that data becomes insanely valuable. And that's why you would say companies like Amazon or Uber or Facebook for the first 10 years, they don't worry about making profit. They worry about gaining the scale and the size. So the first 10 years or eight years or something, Facebook was continuing to lose money while it was gaining users. The ad revenue was minuscule compared to the number of users or ad revenue per user was minuscule, but it reaches a point where it all becomes worth it. Um, Same thing happened for Amazon, same thing for Uber, same thing for Lyft. So that's why, you know, that's why you would often hear people saying that, oh, all these companies are overvalued, overvalued. But then, you know, if you invested $5,000 in early stages as a seed funding in Uber, you would be worth 25 million US dollars, which is a very large amount of money. And, And it's the same story with Amazon, same story with Facebook, same story with any tech startup, because they become valuable only if they reach a stage. So if they if they fail to reach that stage, it's like if Facebook only had 100,000 users in the world, it's not worth anything, you know? It's worth zero dollars. So it's either zero or a few hundred billion. It, it, there's nothing, there's no space in between in, in these sort of industries. and And that's why a lot of them do need investor funding. They do need the VC backing and all that. Um, But that doesn't mean that there is no place for smaller startups. There are. You just had to pick the right industry and the right niche. You could be making a B2B SaaS product that services um, these sort of um, massively huge companies. And it's a very niche product. You only have 20 clients, but each client is paying you 10 million or something or, or have each client is um, reliant on you a lot, um, so it, it depends. It depends on on the industry and all that. So yeah, but for what cred is doing, they yeah they need critical mass. They need huge amounts of data, and then you can and then they can do something with it. They can have a new payment system. They could do whatever, or they could in, um, introduce a, a cryptocurrency or or something else but as long as they have the users if they have yeah
0: the number matters
2: in such scenarios yes like how many users absolutely.
0: Have. so yeah so you mentioned uh, already that the retention is uh, more important in these scenarios uh, but uh, sometimes you know uh is it okay to think like if i have a small uh, software services startup and retaining a customer probably is uh, a lot difficult uh for a smaller companies who don't have enough brand or something is it okay for them to uh, reduce the costing or reduce the pricing and go for a newer customers aggressively will that make sense or uh, it will still uh, it can still uh, hit back
2: it once again it it depends on you know um if you are just competing by price it is a very dangerous um it is a very dangerous strategy to just compete by price because there will always be someone out there who will be ready to make it cheaper than you because you, you don't know. They might have some VC backing that initially they can lose money or they might have some some funds from another business or, or something. So it, it is a very dangerous strategy. So you, you have to think of, you know, how you can differentiate your product. What is it? That can help you build a moat around your business that other people cannot just come and steal that customer and you have high churn and once again it comes down to why do people love your product or or do they even love your product? If not, then you know what can you do to make your product better in in that way? how can you make it more sticky so yeah I, I would focus on on that first right because. You can yes, you can acquire users, but you always have to spend money to acquire new users, unless your product is loved so much that people are just recommending it as a word of mouth. So, yeah. so there will be certain
1: startups or the products like you know where the customers and the users of the product are different. Like uh, yes. for example, if you take uh, uh, diapers, baby diapers. The actual yes. users is like no babies, but the customers who are actually buying the product is parents, okay, not uh, yeah. the actual users of your product. Okay, So uh, what should be the, uh, the startup should focus? Like what should be their marketing focus? Is it more uh, when they are creating their advertisements or ads, you should be more around the customers or you should be more about uh, around the users of the product? Or do you feel like any influences will be helpful? those type of
2: things. yeah influencer is more of a of a tactic and what tactics you use to reach that either decision maker or user is completely up to the company and and on their budget because some influencers can be extremely expensive. So using influencer is just a tactic, just like using Google AdWords or Facebook ads or putting an ad in a newspaper or TV or print or or anything or radio or something like that. So, so that is just a tactic. And you you don't have to stick to one tactic, you can use a combination of two or three different ones because it takes at least nine times for people to hear a brand name before they start trusting it. It's just like you might see a random new brand and you might not be um inclined to purchase it as much as if you see it everywhere all the time and then you start trusting it that okay, this is a legitimate brand. It's not just something someone's made it up and will just run away with my money and or it won't be good. So um people don't even realize, but subconsciously they are <clears throat> they they do trust things that they have seen more often and what tactics you use it's completely up to the budget and the industry and the niche of the product now coming back to the question of should the company focus on on the actual user or the actual buyer or the customer in 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 my case i have run a company where we did sell herbal supplements for like seven eight years i took it I grew it quite a bit, took it to um, US, Australia, some Asian countries, all that. And I've worked in esports. I've worked in a few different industries. What I have seen or what I have experienced is that you should always focus on the decision maker. Who is the real decision maker? So if it is an office product, it might be the admin making the, the decision um admin person it might not be the ceo it might not be the actual user who is the office staff using um using the keyboard and the mouse but then it's the admin person so how can you you know influence that decision maker so find the find the decision maker because it does not matter how big a company gets or how small a company is or or how small a business it could be a one man band business or or a, just a individual consumer. Most decisions of purchasing something are made by a human, so you have to find who is that human who's signing on the check who is the, who is that who's making this decision and just focus on on reaching that. In in so many times, in like say something like buying a car. Um, it might be the the man buying it, but then it his influence might be, or his decision might be influenced by his wife. So in that case, is the wife is the decision maker? Focus on <laughs> focus on advertising to her. Um, and I mean that that's a very sort of a generic example, but yeah, because like in Maori, there is a which is the indigenous sort of language of New Zealand. There is a saying that what is the most important thing at the end of it, or after all, and it is the people, it's the people, it's the people. So it is the people. So focus on the on the human making the decision and, and you won't go wrong. So yeah. So it would be the it would be the mom making the decision in the diaper case because the, the kid is so young that cannot even tell mom that i saw this ad on tv and <laughs> so yeah
1: uh, but mm-hmm. thing is like you no know, uh, for certain things okay it is easy for us to find out who, who is the actual decision maker like uh for the example whatever i said it's play yes. and for you say like if it is a, a company where you are giving computers or the keyboards it's an admin but yes. it's not that straightforward uh in it's all not. the scenarios Okay, so yes. wh- what could be the like? Can you tell us a few tips on how, what, uh, how these startups can find out who are their actual uh, buyer, like who is the one that is going to pay the check for? Maybe certain yes. examples should also
2: be up. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, one of the key mistakes that a lot of startups make, I often see, is that they don't talk with their customers, they don't talk with their clients, and, and that is the key thing. You cannot build a good product until you are really in contact with your clients you are talking with them on a regular basis you know if you have a team and you know you have a customer service taking the phone calls and all that um i used to do that for when i had the the supplement company and we used to sell online and i had a call center with six people in it i used to sometimes work a day in the call center just take calls from my customers and ask them why are they buying the product why what made them choose it where they first saw it all that why didn't they go and buy some other competitors product all that and and be ready for you know hard conversations um and be ready for sort of don't have a very fragile ego um, because what you want to find out is negative things about your product or your service so that you can go and and fix it um And also, you'd find out about you know how they made that decision to purchase it, where they f- um, what part of your customer acquisition strategy is working, what tactics are working so So that is the key thing to, to you can do or or any entrepreneur can do. Um, when it's when it is tech startups, what I often find is that um, the founder is from a technical background. They don't want to do the hard job of talking with people, especially talking with strangers and finding out, you know, what is working, what is not working, all that. And and what if they get bad feedback? It is quite hard to take bad feedback. <laughs> so, yeah. So do, do that hard bit and you'll find out what works and what, I mean, who the real decision maker is.
0: Yeah. So uh, one of our audience, like you know, uh, Pawan who actually had a question, so he says that basically he runs the video product service based company and uh, uh, his question is, do he acquire more clients in the, uh, would you like to uh, give okay. some uh, I- yeah.
1: Jay, you want uh, to say something? Yep. Were no, you able to uh, hear the question clearly?
2: Oh, there was a little bit of uh, breaking. I'll just repeat the question just to make sure that I've got the question correctly. And that is that uh, one of your audience, Pawan, who runs a video production service-based company. And um, how can he acquire more clients faster?
1: Yeah. And uh, he's also into like, you know, providing the marketing videos for startups and uh, SMEs. Okay, yes. So he wants to understand like how do he can acquire more clients in less time, and also the some t- some uh, points uh, in the current scenario. Because as you said, like you no know, companies will start trying to cut the marketing budget and everything. Okay, right. So.
2: Absolutely, yes. So once again, it get, goes back down to positioning himself as the essential or or as the painkiller, that he is out there to solve the pain of slow sales or or low revenue for other entrepreneurs and he helps them with that. Um, there are a number of ways. First of all, um, he has to, I mean, I, I don't know which market he is active in. Is he providing it globally or is he just oh. providing service locally in India?
1: Locally in India, it's not global.
2: Okay, okay, yeah. So. Um, So he has to go and find out. Um, I'll give you some examples of of New Zealand because I'm familiar with New Zealand, Australia, US, all, all those markets. And what I would do is I would go and find out online events because right now not many physical events are running in other parts of the world. Um, They have moved on to webinars and podcasts and things like that, where he can go and teach entrepreneurs how they can, how other startups are using video to acquire clients. And it could be just a small half an hour pitch and tutorial on, you know, what they can do on their own, because the whole idea is to provide value before you ask for something. And, And that is the key thing that he should look at. Um, the other thing is he he has to find out where do these founders these uh, small startups where do they hang out Um, is it facebook groups do they have their own private groups is it discord is it reddit is it um, some other like slack channel like uh, slack groups is it linkedin groups so he has to find out where they hang out and and genuinely engage you know genuinely ask them questions on what their difficulties are what they're and not as a just a sales thing just to understand his client better earlier i mentioned that it takes multiple times to for someone to see your brand before they start trusting it there are so many people like pavan who are making videos online why should someone go with him and not just anyone else and that's where this comes down to making content so he is a content person he is pretty much video is nothing more than a content strategy or a tactic for a startup so he should be making a lot of content about video and how videos are used and putting it everywhere he can on <clears throat> on LinkedIn and Facebook groups and things like that. The other thing he should be doing, or he could be doing, is um, doing some collaboration. So maybe it is a SEO and an advert company or an agency. They don't have a video department, so that he can go to them and say, "Look, you've got 50 clients or 100 clients doing SEO and adverts. You are doing or running Facebook ads for. They would really benefit from video. Send send them to make a send them to me." To make a video and i will give you a cut or i'll give you a commission for every client you send send to me so you know he can just increase his charges first and then do do this sort of uh partnership um yeah he has to work out how he can give some free value on an ongoing basis it could be by means of tutorials on youtube or it could be just on youtube he can also run some form of a contest or a competition where um, founders and entrepreneurs um, go and take part and he will make one video for free for someone out of all those who take part and build his and make his own list of all these founders and entrepreneurs um, of different small startups so yeah that's something he can do but yeah i think that's that should keep him busy for a while yeah,
1: sure. yeah. So,
2: that's
0: it. so it's especially he needs to uh, keep building his personal brand around uh,
2: absolutely so that, uh, yes yeah yeah because you know if he's not putting out content on on the internet and he's a, he's in the business of content you know um then he does not exist for the internet It's just like i don't know of pavan so I, I cannot hire him because I can, i've never heard of him so he he needs to build content he needs to talk about everything he knows about video and and just keep on making content about it
0: cool so uh you okay so do, do you have any book or a reference that people can use or you have used yourself while building the marketing or customer acquisition strategy
2: sure i've got i've got few um you can, of course, read my book, Business in the Time of Corona. Um, it has things about how companies have managed to pivot and survive and thrive. Um, you can I'll send you a link. You can put it in the description um, on Amazon. Um, there is a book that I highly recommend, apart from my um, book, the latest book. There's another book that I highly, highly recommend any marketer or anyone into customer acquisition should read. And that is called Influence the Psychology of Persuasion by Robert Cialdini. And that is like the number one book in, in advertising or or if you're writing content and all that. So it goes through six different principles on how you can persuade someone. Um, or even if you are into just sales and, and, or negotiation and all that, that, that book is a, is a must read. So that is influence. And then the last one is, is my first book that I wrote, um, the 30 day startup, half of the book, it's about customer acquisition and growth. So it's, it's about topics like growth hacking and how you can scale your startup and, and all that, and I'll just use some of my own examples that I have practically used and have got really good result out of it. The best part, it is available for free if you download it from Amazon US. Don't go from Amazon India, go from Amazon US and you should get it for free. So yeah. That's nice.
1: I I have one question, like, uh, okay, uh, with some of the conversations that we had as well as some uh, marketing yep. agencies. People tend to directly go and build the marketing strategies. Okay, uh, But what do you think, like how important it is uh, for the companies to build a strategy after doing enough market research and customer discovery? So what role that market research and customer discovery plays in building a good marketing strategy?
2: Yeah, the, the thing is that, you know, um, how I prefer to do it, I cannot talk about other people, but how I prefer to do it is, um, I try and work out you know, my North Star metrics or what is the most important thing for my business to succeed. It could be revenue, it could be sales, it could be profitability, it could be um, number of times someone is using my product. So I, I need to work out what it is. And once that is decided, everything else is tactics to reach it. And tactics can change as long as you're, you're achieving that. And a lot of it is trial and error because just like a startup, you start with making assumptions and you don't know if those assumptions are true or not. So you think that once you have, say you made a marketplace to connect um, people who need property maintenance with people who do property maintenance just like cleaning and washing houses like um painting and all that um and so you think that oh yeah everyone will log in and register and use it but until you go and put it out there you don't really know if people will use it or not um and and if they're not using it, why are they not using it, you know? So some of the things you just have to try. So you might think that, oh yeah, everyone will put some Facebook ads and everyone will, maybe your target audience sees Facebook in a, in a very negative light and doesn't trust anything on Facebook. So even though they are there, they might not click on it. So we, you, you don't know until you try some of the tactics and it is trial and error. You test, it works, it's great. Um, if it doesn't work, iterate and then test again. So test, iterate, test, iterate. So um, it's the same thing with product development, is uh, is the same thing with marketing. So yeah, I'd be more flexible with the strategy side as long as you are testing it enough. Um, and yeah, and iterating it, so. So yeah, and, and another thing I'd like to say is that, you know even if something is working, Say you are you are doing Facebook ads and they're all just images and and text and they are working. They're working really well. But that should not stop you from iterating it further because you don't know. Maybe they can work even better. Maybe add add a video to that or or do a quiz in it or you know, or do a giveaway or in it. So so always keep iterating and keep testing. Um, because internet is not going to get any smaller. There's only going to be more products. There's only going to be more social media channels and things. So, And that's why people who are into customer acquisition and all that, they they will have a bright future.
0: Thanks, Sam. It was an insightful discussion. Thanks for your valuable time.
2: No, that's great. It, it was really good to have a chat with you guys. And yeah, best of luck with everything.
0: Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Sam. It was wonderful to learn from Sam's experience. Two things that came out strongly in his conversation. One, your customer must love your product, and that is the key to success for any startup. Secondly, I loved his idea of encouraging people not just morally, but also providing practical help for them to come out of this pandemic situation with the help of his book called Business in the Time of Corona. Next episode is going to be more exciting and it would be a conversation with Maya Grossman who is a strategic advisor of product marketing at Google. In this episode, we are planning to bring in startup founders who will pitch their idea to Maya and Maya will help them with the marketing strategy a true practical example of how to do an effective marketing for your products stay tuned and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast entrepreneurial minds we are available on seven platforms now including anchor spotify google etc and if you feel that you yourself or someone you know can help other entrepreneurs to achieve their dreams then do get in touch with us at entrepreneurialminds.2020 at gmail.com. Keep listening, keep learning.